This is Viterbi Voices, the podcast, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more directly from our faculty, students, and other members of the engineering community here at the University of Southern California. This is episode 44 with Design for America, a student organization that uses design thinking to solve social issues and leave behind a meaningful impact. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and stay tuned for more episodes coming soon. Welcome back into Viterbi Voices. This is episode... 44. 44. We are cranking them out. This is another uh, student organization we have for you here today. Uh, but before we do that, I should I always forget to do this. We should introduce ourselves. As always, <laughs> my name is Paul Ledesma, Director of Undergraduate Admission at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And I'm Alex Booty, and I am a senior, second semester senior... Second semester senior. ...studying biomedical engineering. Like one foot out the door, basically. <laughs> oh, I don't like the thing. Oh, I, I still will have my PDP. I'm taking... Oh, your progressive degree yeah, program. Yeah, progressive degree program. So I'm taking master's classes right now. Um, I will be back on campus next year um, after I complete an internship this summer. But it's totally different um, at that point. But, oh, it's completely different. Yeah. I've talked to Alex Coco, yeah. uh, who is doing his master's as well, and some other people who are in the You're program. kind of like an invisible student at that it's point. It's going to be weird. <laughs> and I, I don't like to think about that. I, you know, my one foot is out the door, but I, I want to make sure the other foot stays in as long as possible. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, your last year as an undergrad, or your last semester as an undergrad is, is important, so... Well, um, besides us, we got this episode here is a student organization that is very unique. It's called Design for America, or sometimes known as DFA. And Design for America is part of maybe one of the spokes in this really vast wheel of entrepreneurial organizations at USC. You know, we've, we've already done Spark SC on the podcast. You could check out that episode to hear what they do. We've done Lava Lab on the podcast. You could check out that episode. Design for America is something entirely different, but it's about Focusing on problems that exist in a user or a human being's kind of individual world and how to think about how to, to solve those problems effectively using design thinking. And they have got some really complex teams doing some really complex problem solving stuff and with some great success. Mm-hmm. And, and those are the two things you'll hear over and over again are human centered design and design thinking. And it's this whole idea of you know, you have this end user, you have this client that, that wants this product or this service, and how can you creatively think about it um, to the point where you are solving problems that they didn't even know existed? And, and you are getting to the very bottom, to the root uh, of what needs to be done. Um, and kind of in an engineering uh, standpoint, uh, we kind of get to the why and yeah. the big picture and why is something being done. Yeah. And the example that that is brought up in the episode is, you know, an engineer might go, might be asked to build a bridge, and they might be asking the specs, uh, you know, how do I need to do this um, with the specifics, you know, who, what, when, where, but not the why. Right. Uh, why is this being done? And getting to that pain point is, is what pain, they pain call points it. are brought mm-hmm. up. It's some fantastic thinking that you know this group has a lot of engineers that are part of it. Uh, and if you are thinking about studying engineering, but you also like this idea of design or, or problem solving or making uh, a social impact, you should definitely take a listen to this episode all the way through so you can understand what design thinking is all about and how you might be going about problem solving in the wrong way when you're asking key questions 
uh, at critical points. So we're going to hand it over to Jeremy and Brianna, who uh, was the Jeremy was the previous was studio lead, studio previous lead, studio yes. lead, and now Brianna is going to be taking over as studio lead for the upcoming year. They've got some great things going on with some upcoming things, and also you can uh, check out their open studio that's coming up at the end of the semester if you're a current student here to kind of jump in and um, be on the lookout for. Uh, well, I guess we kind of I think <laughs> we named the it, yeah. name yeah. on it. it. Uh, if, if it comes through, we get we get to take credit for it. Jam sessions and design, jams. design jams. Um, I think it's going to be jam sessions and design. It's just what it should be. Of course, that's what I said. So. Yeah, jam sessions are going to be events coming up that are going to be really cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways, let's hand it over to Jeremy and Brianna to talk a little bit more about Design for America. So, how is everything with the semester going? It's going great. Um, we're actually transitioning kind of leadership right now, so... I was a studio lead for the past two years, and then Brianna and Dorothy are taking it on this semester. What does it mean to be a studio lead? Uh, basically, um, you're kind of the <laughs> uh, like team mom, team captain, just the source of energy for the team, um, for everyone involved, and you're kind of the spokesperson to anyone who doesn't know what the program is. Um, day-to-day, you're just running meetings and like teaching design thinking. Okay. Cool. I guess it's different than a than a president in terms of like <laughs> we're set. I was going to ask what are the other, what are the other like uh, responsibilities for studio lead? What else yeah. is there? It's like so. I mean, Design for America is like a very creative, innovation centered organization. I'd say so. It's like a, whereas a president is usually doing much more administrative things and like you know, making decisions all the time and all that stuff. A studio lead is more of like a creative force and like a creative like compass for the studio okay. that I'd say is like keeping teams like motivated yeah, that's and cool. focused on what they're trying to do. I dig that. Cool. Yeah. And so what will you be doing now that you're not going to be studio lead? Um, I am just going to be in the, uh, in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, advising where I can and I'm probably going to be leading a team on immigration uh, doing some sort of thing related to like immigration integration. Integration. Okay, cool. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. We just kind of jumped right in and started asking about studio lead stuff, but uh, who you are and where you're from and what you're studying. So, Brianna, sure. Uh, so, I'm Brianna. I'm from Santa Barbara, and I'm a sophomore here studying arts, technology, and the business of innovation, which is okay. kind of a fancy title. It's a new program called the Ivy and Young Academy. Um, so it's just all about like interdisciplinary studies, basically. Right. Everyone at the place called the Dr. Dre school. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the shorthand of outside USC people. Yeah. But we're not all like music producers. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm, uh, Jeremy. I'm from Redwood City, California, up in the Bay Area. And then I'm a senior, so it's my last semester here. Um, and I actually like made my own major at USC, so... Okay. It's it's called interdisciplinary studies. It's like the interdisciplinary major program, but mine is focused on combining like urban planning and urban systems with ecological systems. So like mainly coastal ecology. Okay. So the the all all is called urban systems and coastal ecologies. But okay, yeah. all right, cool. So tell us, uh, you, what is Design for America? So Design for America is a national organization um, that was started in Northwestern couple years back 
Uh, At Northwestern University. Northwestern University okay. in Chicago. And it stems from what's called human-centered design. So it's the idea of looking at problems through like really focusing on the user and what the user really wants from the product and designing the product from those wants and feedbacks and all that stuff um, for social issues. So human-centered design can be applied to anything in, in terms of like, you know, software development, but Design for America is really looking at how can we use this process and this problem-solving method and apply it to things like civic engagement, food security, mobility, things like that. You have different areas, right? You have different teams that right, are inside Design for America. Can you tell us about what those teams are? are is teams the right word? Yeah. Yeah, teams okay. is the right word. Yeah, so it changes um, every semester. Uh, right now we have about seven teams, but they're tackling issues on uh, native species, so bringing back uh, native plants into California again, because a lot of what we see right now is actually, like, not from California, um, even, like, on USC. Um yeah, and then there's uh, public health, which is focusing on human trafficking in Los Angeles and kind of that unspoken world. Um, there's team education, team music education, which is focusing just on like bringing and creating low-cost, affordable instruments to public schools. Um, what else? There's oh, political polarization, pretty topical issue right now. Mm-hmm. Um, gender inequality. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit, where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit hope to see you soon potentially a a team focusing on food security sponsored by spam um so last semester we had a team focused on mobility sponsored by fiat chrysler right so this is kind of like another one of those the nationals picks five or so studios from around the country National. So there's, there's a national organization. How does the national organization kind of work with you guys as a local one? So we have, uh, I guess, monthly or biweekly uh, phone calls with nationals. So okay. we hop on a Skype call with people from Michigan State, UC Davis, MIT, Columbia, talking about like the different problems that we're going through in our studios and working okay. through that. And then they also have have these, you know, national efforts on food security or mobility, things like that. Does the national level, are they the ones that pick the teams or you guys are picking your own teams, your own problems locally? Like the studios themselves are pretty independent of nationals. It's just like they're the, they're the national brand and have resources. And so you're you're saying that there, there are five studios that were picked by the national organization to get these big time sponsors. Right. And USC was one of them, right? So so that is, you know, you are a pretty solidified, successful chapter, right? Yeah, this is our, I think, second or third year with official recognition from Design for American National. Cool. But yeah, we're we're uh, we're doing stuff. 
That's awesome. How do you guys choose your your problems or the teams? Because it sounds like a, a very diverse, broad, wide sweeping, but really specific and in depth, uh, you know, areas. We have a pretty diverse crowd, like a pretty diverse studio in terms of majors and interests. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what we try to do is just crowdsource that from the studio themselves. So teams or people who are interested in certain issues, we kind of give them the opportunity to take that on and lead kind of research into like diving in how they could probably tackle that problem or it's called scoping. So really looking at, okay, what, what is the actual problem here? Getting a lot of community feedback, trying to find partners. And then once they kind of get to that level, then we make that a team and they can bring on people to end up creating a product or service. Why would something not become a problem? Like, let's say a group comes in and says, oh, I really want to focus on, I don't know, let's pick up a problem right now. Like, was there something that didn't make it? Like, so climate change is a good example. Got it. Um, Climate change is a really complex issue with multiple sources of problems. Right. And the kind of problems that make it really easy for people who are just learning the design thinking process are problems that have a really... You can really narrow in on a specific issue. Got it. Yeah. You brought it up a few times now, the idea of design thinking. You said that you, you teach design thinking. Can, can you give us uh, the, the brief uh, the crash primer, course, the crash of, course of, on design, design thinking. thinking? What are we doing wrong when we're just, we're just going over here thinking? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So design thinking is just an approach to problem solving um, that a lot of companies and just creative people use uh, i don't know if you guys have heard of ideo but they are like a creative consulting group that like really pushes that idea and basically it's a multi-step process where you're identifying a problem and then you're immersing yourself within um the problem space so you're talking with lead users and people who are like directly affected by it and then you step back and reframe and i think reframing is like a pretty key step that most people kind of leave out when they're just normally problem solving where you like take a, I don't know, a broader look at the issue. And, uh, like a lot of people come in with assumptions about something, but then this is where you like recognize those assumptions and, um, I guess, yeah, reframe those questions. Um, and then, yeah, like you frame a question, you ideate, which is fancy word, but like just generating um, a bunch of different ideas that can be crazy or like, um, I don't know, maybe unrealistic, but they lead to more kind of realistic answers. Um, and then you prototype and build out those ideas and test them in the space that you're trying to solve and you get feedback um, and then reiterate on those concepts. So it's kind of that framework and it's uh, just kind of a lot of going back and forth between the steps and constantly questioning and always in direct contact with the user because it's it's working through them. It's not working for them. So it's a kind of assumption that you're always telling yourself you don't really know what's going on. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> and you're, you're always questioning what you're doing. Is, is this the right answer? Is this the best answer? Yeah. Knowing what we know in this moment versus two weeks ago. Yeah, there's right. actually like a pretty good example uh, that I heard that relates to engineering where um, it has to do with reframing where basically if there's a problem like um, there's like two pieces of land and, uh, someone says, Hey engineer, I need you to build a bridge, um, to get across. And so a typical engineer might say like, all right, give me the specs. Like how big do you want it? What do you want it made out of? Um, but if you reframe, you can take a step back and say, 
okay, why do you want this bridge? And they could say, oh, because I need to get across the other, to the other side. And then you could say, well, why do you need to get across the other side? Oh, because I need to deliver this message. And then you can keep taking steps back and asking why, why, and then maybe you can find a simpler answer that could be um, maybe more efficient to the right. to the problem. Kind of constantly asking about context. Yeah, totally. Right. So, like, what is going on around us? Why is this important? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Whereas the, the person that brought you the problem also brought you a proposed solution without even thinking yeah. whether they even understood the problem themselves. Totally. Yeah. Right. To me, it sounds like you know a lot of the times when you go back and evaluate something that went wrong in the design. Um, you know, root cause uh, identification, you're doing this before you get to that problem by asking, you know, the bigger pictures and reframing. Is that kind of what you're aiming to do, kind of cover all your bases? Yeah, totally. We really look to find what's called a pain point. So it's like the point of maximum impact. Mm -hmm. So in the design, like in the product design world, you're trying to create a product that's going to do things most efficiently. And so what we want to do is social impact. So we're trying to find the point that's going to have the most efficient and large impact for what we're designing. So, yeah, we really try and find that point in the problem space that's going to have the greatest impact from a like design intervention. This is super cool. And and most people, especially our students, tend, and I think appropriately, you, you tend to get lumped in with this idea of entrepreneurial student organizations because there's, there's so many different groups at USC that are doing innovative type things, startups, entrepreneur, whatever it's going to be. How do you describe what you do and how that affects um, this entrepreneurial landscape or this innovative landscape at USC, given that there's Spark SC, Lava Lab, mm-hmm. Design for America, uh, there's so many others, right? Yeah. There's, there's hackathons, hacker groups, et cetera. Help explain to the user that just says, I just want to do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you brought up social impact. You brought up design thinking. This is a lot of gray area, right? Can, yeah. we, can we flesh that out a little bit? Um, I think... We, I love the community here at USC in terms of the innovation community. Mm-hmm. I've kind of, since I'm a senior, I've been here four years and I've seen a lot of things grow and fall down and like different, you know, umbrella organizations and whatnot. And it's kind of just come down to a Facebook group chat between all of the, the organization <laughs> leaders. And I like it that way. But um, I think Design for America has always kind of been two things in that community. The first thing has been the experts in design thinking. So this whole, this is, it's a new kind of field of solving problems. And so like Lava Lab, I'm going to go speak at Lava Lab in two weeks and teach their new um, members about ideation and how to come up with ideas and reframe your ideas. And then, you know, Lava Lab really comes to us. And when we get the products, they really try and help us figure out how we can take those to market. And so that leads to the other kind of goal of ours. So first one would be teaching people at, in our studio and at USC the design thinking process. And the second would be creating social enterprises. So the products and services that we create, we want to be feasible, like we want them to be feasible and even if we can take them to market as social enterprises. So that's where like our space in the entrepreneurship community is, is for the people who don't just want to make an, an app to... Not about like, making money. Yeah, to make money. They want to make an app to improve the lives of a lot of people. That's great. And you said your organization is pretty diverse. There's there's a lot of uh, different types of students. It's open to everyone. Uh, how do engineering students play a role or what type of role do they play? Hey everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. 
It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. I think definitely uh, the coders in our in our group um, from Turby are key in terms of the prototyping stage and understanding and being able to just rapidly create prototypes. So in like they're designers in the sense that a person has an idea, they say, okay, I want to make something that's like gonna get someone an Uber and also like get them a drink or something. And then they like, (laughs) they just like whip it up and like make some. That's social impact right there. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And so, you know, they're really in the rapid prototyping stages of, and then they're also in the, you know, development of the actual products mm-hmm. themselves. I think it helps give them a little sense of um, perspective as well with this concept. Your example, the idea of like bridge, I can build a bridge. Mm-hmm. But to, to teach an engineer to like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, let's stop there. They're like, oh, you want to build it? Hold on, yeah. slow down. What do we want to do? <laughs> How do we want to do that a little bit better? Yeah. Um, you, you brought up this idea of making social impact and getting even something to market. Uh, given that you've been around for a few years now, what has gotten, are there any examples of what's gotten the farthest or what has been your most successful product? Our, our most successful product has definitely been our team education, which is, I think they're on their second whole year and we run kind of by semester. So this is a team that's made it through four different semesters. Um, they started out with uh, working with a, a high school down, down the freeway somewhere um, that had like was creating a space for the innovation in their in their high school. There's a high school creating a space for their own high school students right. on like how to be innovative. Yeah. Okay. And so it was all about providing those resources. And so they they kind of launched onto that opportunity and tried to design the room the best they could for uh, the kids. And then it kind of developed into this like motivating kids to like feed off of each other's uh, different accomplishments. And then fast forward couple of years they've gone from these like like connecting blocks and like building things to now they have a fully functional uh platform for high schoolers in different high schools to develop a creative portfolio while empowering each other um through cool. kind of a social network type That's thing awesome. so it's all about giving resources to kids who may not have the resources to develop these creative portfolios because that's something a big problem they found was that these kids are creative, but they don't have the resources to create the portfolios for the creative, um, like higher education opportunities. So this is kind of helping them create those right. with each other. That's really cool. And so they're already testing it in a high school, I think, and working with a couple other high schools to like do some beta testing. That's very cool. That's really cool that you guys, you know, you talk about social impact and you throw out all these these big ideas, and a lot of the times, you know, maybe a, a new student is thinking, "How can I make such a big impact?" You know, political polarization. How is one freshman who just got here really going to have an impact in in that realm? And maybe that's daunting, but to be able to go down, you know, in our own neighborhood and, and make that impact with a high school student, um, not only is that the social impact uh, from that scale, but also kind of like the community outreach and giving back. Um, do you have any other these kind of more local projects um, that are a little more centered on you know maybe the USC or the nearby community as well? Yeah, um, I think 
native species is a good example of that. Um, so it's a two-person team, but they're really strong, really smart people. Um, and they have gotten really close with the head gardener of the uh, Museum of Science and Natural History across the street. Yeah, Expo Park. Yeah. Okay. So um, they've been working <clears throat> with him and another group to basically, yeah, so bring back native species or just get people exposed to that idea of, like, what sorts of plants are around us and what does that mean. Um, and so they are working to build this, like, app sort of thing that's almost like Pokemon Go where you see a plant and you can, like, scan it and it'll tell you, like, more about it, where it's from or kind of just more information. And they're trying to organize a day where, like, a bunch of uh, USC students or anyone nearby will go around and document plants. Um, so that's kind of cool, and that's really close to home. So. What is the what, what was the problem, what was the design thinking process through that problem and why that made it through? Like, what, what not to sound entirely ignorant here, but what's the, what is the point of reintroducing native species back to the area? What are the benefits associated with that? What's the, what's the why of that problem? So that was a very, very challenging uh, team for our studio in terms of design thinking, because this is something that I personally have been trying to work on with uh, the team native species and like in talking with nationals, how can we apply human centered design to things like the environment where your user can't necessarily give you uh, direct feedback. Yeah. I don't think a person (laughs) walking around saying, you know what? There just aren't (laughs) enough native species around me right now. Like that's not a problem someone identifies in their daily life. Yeah. So it, it definitely is, a challenging problem, but we like it in the fact that it's not the traditional design thinking kind of type problem. Mm-hmm. Like it's very similar to that climate change issue almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're kind of we're kind of pushing it, and we're we're seeing where it's going to go, uh, and we're we're trying to see, yeah, how we're going to tackle that. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one, but it's still like in the very early stages. They just started yeah. in the fall. Okay. So. Sounds like some reframing needs to happen. A lot of reframing. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But it's cool. I mean, it's definitely a cool, cool problem to work on and something that, that could definitely benefit. The, the question is, how do you, uh, I'm listening to you speak about it. And I'm like, well, how does this process start applying to this? This is an interesting one I want to learn more about. Um, you mentioned fiat. And uh, you guys, tell me, tell us all about what happened with fiat. What, what happened there? And, and I know that you guys recently also just presented at fiat headquarters, right? Yeah. So that team, uh, we call them Team Mobility, but yeah, they're the Fiat mobility. Chrysler Team Mobility. Okay. Those were split up because um, obviously some college campuses are in urban areas and some are in more rural areas. So we were tackling urban mobility. And I think we were at a very good advantage because we live in the center of one of like the nation's fastest growing metropolises. Um, and we also have a lot of interesting relationship with mobility here in Los Angeles, right? Like we have this, you know, stigma of a lot of traffic and a bad yeah. public transportation system and yeah, all bad these quotes, things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm the urban planner, so I got to, I got to speak of it pretty well. But, yeah. um, yeah, so that was a really interesting team. Um, they, I was going to kind of put that for to your last question. They got to interact with the community so well. And some of the advice I gave them as a studio lead last semester when they're struggling, kind of trying to figure out what, like, what is the problem we're trying to tackle with mobility? What is mobility? What's the problems with mobility? And I was like, you know what I found when I was trying to tackle, like, my team, like, my social innovation team? Um, I just went down to the Papusseria down in Vermont, and you just 
you just start talking to people. And so it's called like blowing bubbles. I think it's like from someone at nationals, their professor, they say it's just called blowing bubbles to people, just talking and figuring out what are the actual problems. Blow, blowing bubbles. Blowing bubbles. Yeah. It started from, he used to just go in the neighborhood and blow bubbles with kids and you know, that's where all of his <laughs> ideas came from. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, okay. multiple steps down the, the chain. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> but, uh, so they started talking to people in the community. They found that they want to use the rapid transit. So the, you know, the, the expo line, the red line, the purple line, they wanted to use those, but they weren't close enough to the stations. Right. And so. Cause we're so densely populated. Yeah. Very, very densely populated in terms of like overall, but maybe not so much near the actual stations themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you get someone who's down Jefferson and a little farther down like Crenshaw or La Brea and you're more than two miles away from uh, a local stop to hop into the network I mean yeah. once you're in the network you could do a lot of things but right. yeah it's you're in no man's land yeah to, to walk mm-hmm. into it it's really hard. yeah so they after talking to a lot of people and figuring out okay well like why why do you want to use this for rapid transit but you can't get there and so they found that a lot of people it's just it's too long of a walk um, and they kind of stumbled upon this issue that urban planners have been still struggling with called the first mile, last mile. So it's like you're like a mile or like two miles away from the transit stop, but like that's the most difficult part to get to to actually use it. And so they came up with this thing uh, where people were walking a lot of places to go to like local areas. And so they thought to put these stops at each like major cross crossroads like you know jefferson and figueroa or something mm-hmm. um where you would have a little station that you can call uh a ride not not so much a ride sharing app but a like an uber for metro so yeah you get just a, like a couple cars that are put on each station and then in a mile or two mile radius around each station you can call one of these things from these local areas and so obviously the thing they saw there was that they were like, well, why don't you use Uber? And they're like, what? Like, yeah. why would I use Uber? Like, I don't have a, a smartphone that can call Uber or, you know, I, I don't speak English very well. The comfort so level of that level yeah. of technology is, is... Yeah. So it's just they decided to create these, like, basically Uber call stand apps, but not really Uber. It'd be like a Fiat Chrysler type metro Got combination. It. It's like a metro shuttle almost. Yeah, almost like a metro shuttle, but where you need it. When you need it. Right. That's cool. So they created that or that, that was Fiat's idea? That Well, that was their, that was our that was team's, team's idea. idea that they presented. It That's Fiat, cool. Yeah. yeah. And how did Fiat take it? I think they liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was a prize involved in like no team at like one mm-hmm. per se, but I think they really liked it. That's amazing. That's a really cool thing. Cause that, that is always the problem. It's like you can understand any, even a, even a good city, let's say Chicago or DC, um, where Metro is kind of pervasive. You can, you can understand the system and understand how to use it. But the question is, where are you in relationship to that mm-hmm. system? That first mile, last mile problem is amazing. That's always the struggle. Like, how can I really understand how to navigate this? And without something like DC is, I think the best example where you're, you're rarely a mile away from a Metro stop because it's everywhere. Here is almost the exact opposite. It, no matter how fast they keep building and expanding. Mm-hmm. that's super cool super super cool yeah so what's next for dfa 
What's new and big? What's what's going to happen after all this? I'm looking at Brianna just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're on your way out. You're on your way out, yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the main thing that's changing right now is um, the length lengths of our projects. So it used to be, for the past, like, three years, semester-long um, projects where we'd expect teams to, like, have a working prototype by the you end can't of, do like, that in December. Semester? Yeah, that's why we're changing it. <laughs> but um, I think... Um, there's a few applicants that we received just this past week that have expressed interest in like. Can you just close the applications teams. to the group, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow we're gonna um, have our existing teams look over the applications and see who they want to bring in, and then. But there's also like some really interesting people that applied that want to launch their own teams. Um, so we'll see where that takes us. But yeah, I guess the main thing is seeing if this year long like change is gonna help teams maybe bring their ideas into fruition. Hmm. So it kind of, it's really encouraged to use the design thinking process like on your own life and on your own, you know, processes yourself. So we're kind of trying to do that with our own selves and trying, we're in like an iteration stage, I'd Mm -hmm. say, where we tried this whole semester long issue or semester long kind of schedule. And we found that teams just, once they figured out what the problem was, they were a week away from open studio night and it was like, well, crap, like we can't mm-hmm. get a, a, like a solution. And so we're trying to get teams to have this longer time so that we can both teach the design thinking process better and over a longer time scale, but also expect a lot higher quality products and services at the end of it. Yeah. There's so. also another new thing that we're working towards that's really exciting. Um, it's partnering with Spark SC. And it's called, well, we haven't thought of it. Right now we're thinking Design Jams is the name. Design Jams. Yeah. With a Z? Uh, <laughs> probably not, but the logo You're might be. You're dating yourself <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah. We'll call the Design Jams. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, we were going to call it Jam Sessions, but people might think it's like a music thing. <laughs> no, and, that's cool, though. I like Jam Sessions. Anyways, that's really cool. Yeah, that's, I like it too, but people, other people don't like it. Um, anyways, yeah, so it's going to be... The goal of it is to expose students um, on USC's campus to design thinking, people who have never heard of it before. Um, And so we're going to have these like probably uh, not weekly, but maybe every other week um, sessions where we choose a topic that is um, interesting to maybe a certain group of people on campus, whether it be, I don't know, like something to do with the environment or education or just some topic that... um, Students would, like, come in because they're interested in that. We'd bring in an expert, either, like, a speaker or, like, a user from L.A., and we'd have this two-hour, like, design session where people engage in, like, thoughtful discussion about the topic, and they ideate and generate ideas towards creating solutions um, to whatever it may be. Hmm. So I think it's kind of an interesting way to bring people in who are already interested in an issue and then have them think about it in a different way yeah. and expose them to design thinking. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's more of that, like, you know, the local community, but the USC community outreach and mm-hmm. kind of getting people, and it's almost a recruiting tool at the totally. same time. Totally, yeah. And <laughs> I, I mean, I have no idea what you're guys, you know, what you guys are thinking right now, but I think something that could be cool 
is you talk about how diverse your membership is and maybe featuring uh, a different professional school with each session. You know, there's mm-hmm. a Viterbi sponsored one. You work with mm-hmm. Viterbi and obviously it's not closed just to Viterbi, um, but you hype it up within Viterbi. You do something within Roski. You can do something yeah. with SCA, all those different schools. Yeah, you can focus the conversation in different ways. Exactly. And kind of, you know, the different, yeah. I guess you said, yeah, you focus it on a certain area uh, and kind of help you pump that up. So Yeah, yeah that's a yeah, great really idea. Cool. Yeah, we're thinking of partnering or like getting some really interesting professors maybe who have a lot of knowledge in a field and bringing them in or partnering with clubs who also focus on certain issues. But yeah, I'm super excited about that. We just had our first like planning session last night with some Spark people. It's why the term jam sessions works so well. It's like, who are you bringing into that jam session to see what type of thing you can create? If if you're worried about the word design, just call it jam sessions in design. Mm. Yeah. I think that's the sticking point. Like, you want to make sure it's the actual design thing. Yeah, totally. And then sponsored by these organizations, sponsored by these schools or whatever, then that'll start telling the whole story there. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. I think we're, we were just talking about this in the waiting room. Um, I think something that we're really trying to do in the future is work on, like, developing the, the culture here at USC and, like, what our presence is in that culture. Um, because, we, you know, we always hear about this maker culture. I think that like we want to have a really loud voice yeah. in terms of like what it means to be a maker and what it means to like make things for social impact and like what it means to use design in mm-hmm. all aspects of your life. Like I think last semester we decided to just go kind of very non-social impact and we did a like design think your life uh, workshop that was like really popular. So I think that's totally dead on. Yeah, just keep keep pushing as much as you can. Um, I think that the other thing that you have, what I've noticed about our community here, is uh, this this maker focused community or whatever you want to call it. Everyone's just really eager to do something, mm-hmm. and they come with all this energy. They're almost like a toddler, and they don't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah. Like oh, I want to make something. Uh, I want a startup. I want to make an app. I want to do something. And so these kind of straightforward kind of entrepreneurial organizations or entrepreneurial efforts, anything with entrepreneur in the title people just like clamor to and don't realize that maybe what they're really interested in is this idea of designing or working on problem solving and in some sort of larger aspect and and the social impact is a, is a big deal so yeah we got got to figure out how to get design for america to be more of that and i think that those jam sessions thing is is the is one of the ways in that's really cool very very cool stuff um cool was well, there anything else that you want anyone to know about the organization or upcoming projects or ways in which they can get involved. Jam sessions sounds cool. Yeah. Come to jam sessions when they come out. Come to open studio night at the end of the semester. Um, what is that typically? Is it like, like last week of classes or? Usually like the week before the last week of classes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I think it's the Tuesday before last week. I think it's April 14th maybe. Uh, that's we're, we're really early. No, I, <laughs> I guess does this semester end that of early? Is last week of April, I think. Wow. People people tend to check out when the finals come yeah. on, you know. So yeah, they do it earlier. Well, I'm not saying you guys are doing it early. I just yeah, did yeah, not yeah. realize when the seniors are last semester. Oh was yeah. Ending. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's the third week. I don't know how that happened, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. is the third week. It, it happened really fast. I always thought this was like maybe going into the second week. Yeah, it's <laughs> a crazy cool holiday weekend. Thing. Jeremy, do you know what you're doing next year? You're a senior, so I got to ask this question. Um, I don't expect I, you to have an answer, but <laughs> I recently found out that I'm a semifinalist for Fulbright to go to to go to Spain. Congrats! Um, wow, awesome. To do research on green infrastructure, which would be really cool. So to my folks in Spain, where in Spain? <laughs> let me come, uh, Valencia. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 
So that's, that'd be a really cool opportunity. And then barring that, I'm actually going to try and go to engineering grad school. So maybe looking at Viterbi in the future. But cool. I what? have to, for environmental fluid mechanics. So I have to take a couple of physics classes yeah, you're, 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 to you're catch gonna, up. You're do some catch up. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> nothing stopped me before. I think once I made my own major at USC, it's like, I don't, people say there's all these rules for school. And I'm like, those are just rules. <laughs> no, I get around them somehow. <laughs> So All right. Well, cool. Well, Jeremy Brianna, thank you so much for coming in. Really appreciate it. And good luck with everything you guys are doing with Design for America. Thanks for having Thanks. us. Thanks. Yeah.